Welcome to the Dr. Diamond Podcast, where doctors learn from industry experts proven methods to grow their practices like the top 1%. And now your hosts, President of OfficeAutomated.com, Robert Barton, and the CEO of New Patient Group, founder of the Dr. Diamond Club, national keynote speaker, and featured in Dental Economics, Forbes, and CNBC, Brian Wright. Welcome back to the Dr. Diamond Podcast. This is Robert Barton, co-host, along with Brian Wright. How are you, Brian? I'm doing good. Hope everyone's good out there. Uh, sitting here on a sunny day in, in Houston, looking out of the broadcast window here with some some new homes across the street that are being built. So how you doing? Doing well. I think we have a great show today. It's uh, entitled, People Respect What Gets Inspected. <laughs> yeah. I think that people are going to love this. It's kind of the whole realm of our program. I know that. And it's one of the biggest reasons you created Office Automated is, you know, how do you have a mechanism to to track things that really no other business is tracking and then hold people accountable for it? Yeah, really- and we're going to talk about it within the context of profitability and specifically a case study of one of our customers. They they do knee injections. So we, we advertise for them. We do their pay-per-click advertising and control all that. But we also track a lot of stats. And we're going to be going over you know the stats from this particular clinic. And you just I think it's going to be mind-blowing the opportunity that it really all boils down to staff training. It's staff accountability and staff training that makes these uh, programs and these uh, advertising um, methods successful or not. Well, and and listeners out there, when we dive into the case study that that Robert's going to start talking about, we're really going to go in depth, and and it it proves that the vast majority of business owners, they look at the wrong thing. Uh, If you're doing a pay-per-click ad, great, you know, as long as you're looking at the right things, which we're going to help teach you on this podcast today then fantastic. Uh, I just believe that a lot of people are looking at the wrong numbers uh, whenever they run ads like that, interested to get more into this case study, because I think it's going to open some eyes out there. Yeah, so I think the first thing to talk about with regard to employees and a new marketing program is we have found that employees are not nearly as excited about the company's new marketing program as the owner of the company. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, imagine that. Yeah, new new patients represent work, um, you know, in, in medical offices, and you know, I think we see some of the evidence of that with with these numbers we're going to talk about. And just to give you a kind of a brief overview, in about two months of advertising for this particular client, we have generated two hundred nine leads. This is off Facebook at um, at a total cost of sixty five hundred dollars in ad spend, which is really good overall. And that's a $31 cost per lead overall. Now, these are already leads that are paid for. So what, how does this translate to the ROI? Well, in this particular case, they have scheduled 72 consults. And this is by phone call. So the staff essentially is calls the leads and they're trying to make contact with them. And it's a lot to do with the follow-up. It's a lot to do with the conversation that they have while the lead's on the phone. I mean, there's a lot of variables uh, with regard to how they get these people on the schedule. And then they've had 57 missed appointments out of the 72 uh, consults that have been scheduled. Now, 15 have gone on to be paid patients, which is good. And these are $3,000 patients. It's a $3,000 service, essentially, that they're offering and mostly covered by insurance. And uh, that's a 79% missed appointment uh, ratio or 79% of the people who schedule miss the appointment. Does that blow you away at all, Brian? Well, 
it, it doesn't only because I've been doing this for so long and I, I know how these uh, these companies and it really again it, it's any type of business but I know how the practices dental uh, GP orthodontic uh, your clientele that you're talking about right now uh, you know it's what we talk about they do things backwards by going out and spending money on this and meanwhile there's no systems on how to answer the call on how to overcome the objections on how to give the same excitement that you as the business owner would give if you were on the phone. Uh, Robert talked about this just a second ago. The facts are your people don't share that same excitement that you do. Uh, They're not the business owner. So the best employee on the planet can't be as excited as you would be when you're doing marketing. So no, I'm I'm not not blown away by that at all. It's very standard. Now, maybe not this bad. Uh, Maybe people don't lose this many opportunities. But it's consistent across the board with marketing campaigns are being done that people drop all kinds of opportunities. It's because there's no system. You know, it's not that difficult to schedule a patient who need, who has a cold or who has, you know, something that they really have an immediate need for. But if you're advertising and marketing for a service that's not just um, an, an immediate need, there has to be skills. Uh, and if you have high competition in your particular vertical as well, such as with dentistry, the, the people that are answering your phones and handling these things have to have particular skills and a system to uh, to work with them. Then they have to be held accountable to that system. And that's through recording the phone calls and, and basically auditing the phone calls because a 79% no-show rate is a problem with that conversation. And, and it goes back to the title of today's podcast, Employees Respect what you inspect and they are not going to respect the things that you want them to if you're not setting proper accountability measures and if you're not looking at the numbers and finding a way to put a metric to whether or not uh, the system that you have implemented is being improved upon or it's going backwards you have to base your decisions as a ceo off of statistical factual data you can't just go well today i feel like going and doing a pay-per-click ad and if we make 20 grand from it, then it must have been a success. That's not the way it works. Unfortunately, that's the way 99.9% of all healthcare practices out there do it. And the example you gave, you know, in dentistry, if somebody calls and they're in pain, well, you're going to schedule that person. You really have to mess up the phone call not to get, you know, not to get them on the books. Same way with the, your, your clientele. If someone calls and they're sick, you're going to schedule that patient. We're talking today, guys, about all the other things out there where if that patient doesn't feel that immediate pain, how do you get them onto the books and how do you track the stats on whether or not your people are doing that at the highest possible levels? Exactly. And, you know, in this particular case, they have 15 paid, um, you know, patients out of the 72 consults they scheduled. And that's a $45,000 of revenue that they'll basically obtain. And that's a conservative number. Uh, some of the numbers are as much as 3,500. So I'm actually the 3,000 per patient. It's actually the bottom end value of those patients. So it's at least 45,000. And this particular client, you know, he, he uses Office Automated, he uses our software, he doesn't use it to its extent because he's, um, he, he basically concentrates on a lot of other things. But, you know, there is no corporation out there that runs at a very high level that would take an 80% missed appointment rate opportunity and not start working to improve that. Well, part of the problem is in this particular case, he doesn't even know that he has an 80% missed appointment rate opportunity because I'm the one that did the stats and I did them manually as opposed <laughs> to his, uh, his staff actually tracking this stuff real time. So he has literally no idea. 
Uh, it's more like they're they're making forty five to fifty thousand dollars or maybe more with with these clients plus their other advertising. And as long as they make more more than they spend, they're they're happy. Uh, and, and and that's the issue. That's the underlying issue is they feel no pain, and you know they they don't feel the pain because you know the the return on investment even with all these lofts opportunities is it's good. It's a seven times return on investment. They're basically making seven hundred percent on their money, right? Which is yeah. not bad. Now let's look at an opportunity, a very a very realistic opportunity. What if you just reduce the no show rate by ten percent? What does that look like? Well, that's going to be twenty one paid patients uh, from 15 to six more essentially. And that's a $63,000 income based on that $3,000 conservative estimate. And that's a 1000% or basically a 10 times return on investment. And that's just by reducing those shows by 10%. So let me ask you, uh, that's an $18,000 increase in income, by the way, just by, uh, you know, providing a system with that staff member, training the staff member, and holding them accountable to a stat. You know, you got to have numbers in order to show people where they are and where they need to go. That's the only way they'll get better with it. And well, every once in a while, we do a podcast where I wish the listeners could actually see it uh, because the data we're looking at, really, everybody out there, this is what a good CEO does is you sit down and you look at the data. And then you make decisions, systems, training, et cetera, off of that. So yeah, the the 10% increase in people showing up, it shows you why no matter how successful, because we're talking about the example we're given today, guys, it's a successful business. They do very well. They generate a lot of money. Uh, But it shows that even the ones that are the most successful have so many areas still of lost opportunity because they're not analyzing the data. Going back to... The employees do not respect the things they should because the CEO, the COO, the business owner, the doctor, whatever it may be, whoever runs the show, doesn't have systems in place to track these stats. And they just lose so much money because of it. Looking at this data that we're seeing, I mean, just, and we haven't even talked about the other stuff we're going to get into, but just improving the no-shows, 10% generates, how much did you say? Uh, another $18,000. Now, that's on a $6,500 ad spend. So they're literally tripling the, just the reduction in no-shows by 10% would pay for their ad spend three times over. And, and that goes back to, again, what is a goal? A goal now, looking at the numbers, is, is what training do I implement with the verbiage skills of my front desk staff who's answering the phone? How can they articulate and put more value on the appointment that that person scheduled? in order to increase the chances of them showing up at higher levels. That's your goal. You give them that training, you hold them accountable to that training, you continue the training, and then as your numbers increase, you're going to make more money, and that's a result of the goal you set in place. And and it it sounds simple, but nobody does it. Very few people do it. Uh, Look at the numbers this way, analyze them, train, accountability. Very few people do it. But I think everybody agrees that they need to do it. Never had a person go, ah, you know, it makes no sense. I think everyone thinks it makes sense. They just don't know how to do it. And that goes back to weekly meetings. You know, we, we're we big believers of the book, The Ultimate Sales Machine by Chet Holmes. Fantastic book. If you've not read that book and you're a business owner or want to be a business owner, you have to read that book. Uh, but, you know, Chet talks about the the levels of learning. And he talks about having an hour meeting and 
and we have an hour meeting in my other business and it's, it's a training meeting is what it is. We're going over, you know, different things and, and identifying, you know, problem areas and training because he says that if you've ever been, a, and this is a quote from the book, if you've ever been a part of a highly trained team, you know, the sense of confidence that comes with that, the secret to building an excellent sales force and the phone people, by the way, are a sales force for your business is in repeating core training on basic skills again and again. The lowest level of learning is memorization, and the highest level of learning is known as synthesis or subconscious competence. That's a quote from The Ultimate Sales Machine, <laughs> and it could not be more true what yeah. he just said. And, and your employees literally have to own the ability to follow the system that you put in place and but they but it doesn't need to be memorized. It needs to be at a subconscious level. They need to own it at a subconscious level so that they can really deliver uh, what what we're looking for, which is to get people in the door. Well, if you ever want to know everybody out there what the new patient group program is, start to finish. It wasn't based off of the book Robert's talking about, the Ultimate Sales Machine. But if you ever want to know what we're all about, read that book because every single thing in it is what we do in our. It's scarily, it, it's scary, it's very scary how similar it is uh, after reading that book. But what Robert's saying is very true. The, the issue is we hear it all the time. You put a, a new patient telephone script in front of uh, you know a front desk staff. Immediately, it's, oh, we don't want to be robots, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the facts are, to ever get to step two, that synthesis of just knowing it without even thinking about it, you have to first memorize it. So if you, like with us, we have a six steps to the new patient call. The first step before you can make it your own and put your own personality into it, which is what we want as a company, can't stand scripts with robots, that doesn't grow a business, but the facts are you have to memorize it first. You have to know, look, step one, greeting, step two, identify, step three, transition. And just how I just did that, I have the synthesis portion of it where it just comes to my mind and I can make it my own, but I'm still going in the right order. And the book is amazing. It's right on point. Yeah, I agree. And, and another point that he made at the end of this particular chapter is just as basketball coaches must constantly train their players on layup shots and blocking, sales managers must constantly train their reps on polishing every angle of the seven steps to every sale. And what he's talking about here is having a, a there's seven steps to, you know, an ultimate salesperson. And all of these skills have to be uh, mastered, but you have to repeat them. You have to do them over and over again. And that's the hour meeting. And I think if business owners are not having, you know, weekly training meetings with their staff and referring back to their standard, which should be written down somewhere, we, we have it in our digital office manual with an office automated, but it should be written down somewhere. And then you're going to have to track the stats that happen as a result of performance. You know, it's like you, you have to be able to measure what is actually occurring with the training that you do. And, you know, that's why everything works together the way it does. Well, when we do practice analysis before we have clients come aboard, it's a very in-depth one. We ask them a lot of questions on, you know, what is your new patient telephone call percentage uh, per employee and overalls an organization? What's your financial conversion, which is another word for cash flow? A lot of these things, and 100% of the time, the response is, we don't know. Let me guess, they don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They don't know. But you ask them what their production and collections, blah, blah, blah. Everybody knows that number. Uh, but the numbers that actually matter, nobody knows. And again, it, it, that's- why is that? I mean, I, I know the answer. I'm going to answer it for you and, and for the listeners. Why is that? Because the numbers you just mentioned are opportunity numbers. 
everyone knows what the production is and they know what the collections are, but how do you, how do you define that into an opportunity that can be improved with staff training? Yeah. And, and it's, it goes back to, you know, the accountability and the training because <laughs> you can't train or it's very difficult to train when you don't know the performance behind what you're training. You can't feel, oh, I think my people are better on the phones. I think my people are better at presenting money. I think they're getting better at five-star customer service expertise. Well, you have to have metrics that tell you if they are or not. And you have to have your employees be part. Because, yeah, would it be nice if all the stats were automated? Sure, it'd be a beautiful thing. But the reality is, is the stats, the vast majority of them that actually matter, your staff has to be a part of tracking them and inputting them every single day before clocking out because those stats can't be automated. And there's hundreds of examples that we could sit here and talk about. But yeah, and it's difficult. You know, it's easy when production is just spit out to you. It's difficult to go, hey, Betty, every single day before you leave, you are going to record into the platform how many new patient calls you received, how many new patient calls you scheduled, and where did they hear about them. And then have the platform, which is the beauty of, of your platform, why we're one of many reasons why we're partnered together, is the platform goes and automatedly populates that so you now know what Betty's new patient call conversion is. And it means that Betty is going to respect her job more and she's going to respect that stat in the training because you're inspecting that stat and it's going to help you train better because you're going to know where Betty stands if she's improving or declining. And it just makes all kinds of sense in the world. But Robert, you know, that quote about the basketball we talk about that all the time with prospective clients uh, when I'm talking around the, around the country. And there's still, you know, the, the best businesses, restaurants, you know, we talk about the top 1% quite a bit on this podcast. And they all do the things we're talking about. It's the 99% that will still sit there and go, nah, I don't think that we need ongoing training. Even after you show the stats, you show that, you know, all the top, top level companies, that's what they do. You'll still get people go, nah don't think that's for me. And it always blows my mind uh, that we hear that from time to time. You're you're exactly right. But, and then they wonder why they're not growing or they wonder why their, their year over year numbers are staying the same that, you know, you have to do something different in order to get a different result. And it almost always goes back to staff. I've told my staff many times that if I occupied every position in this office, you know, we would probably be twice as busy as we currently are because, I would, I, I know how I want things done and I do it naturally, but the challenge is getting, you know, people that come and go from a, a medical practice or a dental practice to do things the way you want them done. And it's not easy per se. And if you leave it to their devices, first of all, they're not going to be excited when you get a new marketing program. Second of all, they're not going to be as enthusiastic on the phone. They're not going to put value to the appointment. You get a 70% or 80% missed appointment rate. And it, it costs money. Literally, you could this this practice not only could pay their uh, for their advertising with a ten percent reduction on their missed appointments, but also probably their staff costs just with a ten percent reduction in missed appointments. What is that worth? How much is it worth to spend a little bit of time, track the stats, make improvement, and then you know literally you know make eighteen to twenty thousand dollars a month more just by improving that one thing and. Who's to say it can't be improved 20% rather than right. just 10%? We're talking about a missed appointment ratio. You know, 80% of the people missed the appointment. And, and like you just said, we're only talking about one particular item. I mean, what if, and maybe we can look at the data and tell the listeners how many just missed opportunities, how many people called but didn't schedule 
because now you not only reduce the 10%, but now let's go and look at the ones you know, that actually called the practice but never even scheduled. Let's say you improve that 10 or 15%. Well, you know, we can start doing the math on how much more this one advertising campaign would be producing. Uh, but again, Robert, it goes back to the pain. If the practice feels, because remember, they're not tracking anything. If the business feels like the campaign is producing profit and doing well, it's very hard to sit here and go, with success, that is, doctor, you're losing a ton of money. Well, what do you mean I'm losing a ton of money? I just generated, whatever, 40 grand off of this campaign. Well, yeah, well, it should have been 100 grand. But the problem well, the, is the you don't know. The entire opportunity is $627,000. That's that's the entire opportunity. So he's he's basically pulling $45,000 out of a $627,000 opportunity. Right. That's just... With, <laughs> It's Which is incredible. <laughs> it is, it's just incredible. I'm at, I, I sit here looking at these stats and just pondering in my mind. And, and that's what, guys, you know, a lot of the best CEOs out there, we, we talked about this in other podcasts, is you always make more money correcting lost opportunities than you go out, than, than you do when you go out and try to generate new ones. Now, when you combine the two together, that's when you're the best of both worlds. And I, I think that one of many reasons why the new patient group clientele is very successful is they're doing both. They're generating new ones, but they're also plugging the holes in the boat first. And when you do that, even from this campaign, if they if they plug the holes from this campaign and they fix them, this campaign produces more than if than what it's already producing with whatever they generate. What what number? How much did they actually generate from this? Forty five thousand. Yeah. In- so. I mean, imagine if they fixed the no-shows 10%, they increased their scheduling rate 15%, they corrected a couple other things, they probably generate $100,000, $200,000 from this. And again, that's correcting the holes in the boat. And that's all staff. All staff. And then management. Well, some some of it's marketing because, you know, according to Chet Holmes, and, and I do believe this, you know, educational-based marketing, you've got you've to put value or more value on the, uh, you know, to the patient with regard to your services. And you have to educate them in order to do that. And that's, that can be done digitally. It can be done on the phone while they're on the, you know, with the staff member, the staff needs to be trained on how to educate right. you know, the client with whatever angle. Um, and there's several angles that can be tested. And then of course you track that back against the stats. If you're keeping stats in the first place, you can track improvements and that all goes back to uh, staff training. So even if you come up with something to educate the patient on reduce the no-show rate, and that didn't work. You can do another one, and again, you're tracking on these numbers the whole time, and you'll dial it in. You got to dial these things in. They're not. They don't just. They don't just happen. You know, um, with, without effort. Well, it, it's the three pillars of success, and and that's we're going to have a podcast in the future about this. Everybody out there, but just briefly, the, the three pillars that relate to everything in every single business is management, marketing, ongoing training, which is your staff. So in this particular case, you've got to, from a management's perspective, define what the system is that you want them to do better to improve the no-shows that we're talking about. You've got to do that. Then you've got to train the staff on how to follow that. And then as management, you have to be great at holding your people accountable and have to have measures in place to be able to, again, track the stats. But none of it can be done, and I agree with you about the educational marketing. The value can start based on what type of marketing you're doing. If you're doing a postcard that says, hey, look, new patient exam, 
you know, or first time to my restaurant advertisement that says like 50% off your plate or, you know, free new patient exam, whatever, you have no value in that advertising. So when they pick up the phone, your people in the verbiage they're using on the phones is the only way to put more value on your business. So if you do other types of advertising, that educational-based, value-based marketing, at least by the time they're calling you, at least they already see some type of value in your business. Uh, But it all has to be put together. I I mean, staff training, we talk about this all the time, is worthless if management does not know or is unwilling to hold the people accountable to the training. Then you're just spinning your wheels. You You don't go anywhere. That's with our program. If we come in there and train the staff, that's why we also train management because, you know, we, we don't want a situation where you train in the new patient call, then you're three months in, you're doing mystery calls, and they're the same way they were a month ago because management isn't listening to the calls, doesn't have weekly ongoing training sessions, and doesn't hold their people accountable. Yeah, you have to be, you know, recording these calls and then auditing the call and then scoring the call because, you know, with, with the scoring, again, it puts a number to a subjective, you know, exercise. And that number should be improved as time goes on with that employee. If that employee does not improve, they need to have a conversation. They need to have training that needs to be documented in their HR. There's a whole process that, that happens with that to protect the practice from eventually needing to get rid of that employee. If they can't perform, they need to be, you know, released and hopefully with cause and, and there's no unemployment penalty there. But um, you have to have all this documentation, which is, again, why we put everything into the system that we did, because it all works together. Well, and the stats, it goes back to, are, are so important. I just had it in my mind where, uh, you know, I had a friend of mine a long time ago, uh, had an Italian restaurant up in Michigan, and this was in Ann, in, in Ann Arbor. I got to know him just from going to Michigan football games uh, growing up, and one of the things they had their waiters do, and I don't know what platform they used at the time, but their waiters were responsible after every shift when they were going home in the afternoon or going home at night of entering in, hey, look, I sold such and such bottle of wine. Uh, I sold such and such liquor. This was the plates that were bought. I sold such and such dessert. And that was entered into a platform that spit out the individual waiter performance on a per table basis every single night, month, year, etc. And I always, to this day, remember it. I thought it was so cool because that's exactly what, well, one, your platform was created for it and exactly what we used to do uh, on an Excel sheet with our clients until we met. Now it's obviously much more automated. Uh, but that's what we do inside the practice because, again, they're going to respect it more because we and management of that practice are inspecting it. And now you get to see uh, you know, which one of your treatment coordinators is presenting money the best because you have their percentages all spit out to you because they're responsible for tracking them on a daily basis. So it's like being able to see how much wine, uh, you know, one dental employee, uh, you know, or healthcare employee is selling over the next. Uh, you have visibility on that stuff. And it's just awesome. I love it. It's the only way to do it. There's no question about it. Well, that's all I have, Brian. I just wanted to share these these numbers here. This is a Case setting, you know, as, as this develops over time, maybe we can share additional insight uh, gleaned from this case study. <laughs> we didn't even talk about there's there's two of these clinics, one in one town, one in another, another town, and we didn't even talk about the performance of the other clinic. This is a good performing clinic, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the other one, uh, the other one is performing much much lower than this. So, and again, it's a staff issue, but. You know, that, you know, here, the title, people or employees respect what gets inspected. I mean, that just, just take that away. 
from this podcast. If you're listening, you're a business owner. I mean, it's, 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 you know, everything that you do needs to be centered around the ability to inspect and, and have them respect what you inspect. You know, you have to be able to inspect it. You have to be able to quantify it. And, and you know, I think that makes your business better. Well, this is something that we could talk about for the next three hours at least. I mean, I, I, if I got up and, and did a, a presentation on this, I would need a part one through ten uh, with three hours in each part. But I hope everyone got a lot out there. Uh, obviously, something we're passionate about over here. So have the discipline. Have something. Even if you start tracking just one extra thing this coming week or next week, whatever it may be, track one or two extra things that you're not now. Hold the people accountable to that that measure, and you're going to be better off for it. We appreciate you guys listening. On behalf of Robert Barton, this is Brian Wright. We will talk to you next time.